Cool. Hey, we're live. Welcome to uh, welcome to Film Trooper Presents Film Marketing Fridays. Today is uh, September 26, 2014, and can you believe that it is almost over? We're almost like the last three months of the year. So that means we have three more months to make a 2014 count. And um, last uh, two Fridays ago, I had a Film Marketing Friday, um, yeah, Film Marketing Friday conversation about um, applying some interesting uh, marketing and sales techniques to selling your book, independently pu published book, on Amazon and how possibly you can apply it to your own film product. And that opened up a, a lot of discussion in the last two weeks. And the reason I didn't have a Film Marketing Friday last week was because I was uh, at my daughter's um, field trip. And sometimes life just gets, gets in the way, especially little ones. <laughs> Not like getting away, but you know, <laughs> it just that stuff happens that you got to deal with that sometimes kind of throws a kink in your um, in your production schedule and your project schedule. But that's fine. Um, but the cool thing about it, I was approached by one of our fellow film troopers, Dennis Waller, who um, who showed me that he's been writing a lot of books, a lot of books on Amazon, and he was he was um, basically confirming like, yeah, yeah, you're on the right uh, right path. He's also a filmmaker and a speaker, so I have him as a guest today on Film Marketing Fridays, and I want to continue the conversation um, more about what we can do as filmmakers to use the Amazon Marketplace uh, to our advantage when we're selling our digital product. Uh, so with further ado, here is Mr. Dennis Wallers. Say hi to everybody. Can you hey, see? thanks, Scott, for having me here, and hey to everybody that's out there. This is going to be fun. Cool, cool. So the... Um, Let's see here. Where oh, where am I saying here? There it is. Um, so the, here, once you give us like, if we're at a party or something like that, and people don't know who you are, you know, and I had to introduce you, uh, you know, can you give us like, a quick bio, um, especially especially your work in Amazon, and and go from there, so we can set the tone, and then we'll get into some uh, further questions. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm an, I'm a writer and uh, I've had some success. Matter of fact, some of my books have actually sold dozens of copies. <laughs> uh, for me, it's doing everything I wish I would have done when I was 21. And what's remarkable is what I'm doing today with the format like Amazon was not available, say, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So it's incredible the opportunities that are out there today for anybody that wants to get into entertainment, whether it be book, film, or music. Uh, but like anything else, we're not born knowing this. But uh, for me, it's just been an incredible ride. Uh, opportunities and the people I've met is just beyond my wildest dreams. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. So, hey, you got some film posters behind you. Can you tell us a little bit more about those? Uh, yes, I uh, wrote a book um, on the Clinkin Indians of southeastern Alaska about their mythology, the Kustaka, which is a mythological shape-shifting creature. You know, imagine uh, your worst nightmare brought into reality by some demon spirit, and that gives you an idea of what this uh, entity is. And it's such a fascinating uh, subject, and the stories that I have received from people who have encountered this phenomena is just so profound that it, it motivated me to do a documentary based on what I found. So we're still in the uh, pre-production stage of the film. I've got uh, three folks in England who are going to shoot some reenactments for me, and then I'm going to have some talking heads with some authorities in the various fields 
to kind of bring this together. And also, I have a TV series that uh, are in talks right now about shooting a one-hour episode based on the book and, and have it shot on location in Alaska. So it's been exciting for me because this is an opportunity that I don't think I would have had had I not made that first step in trying to make the documentary on my own. And I'm certainly not going to stand in the way if you know, a TV show wants to, to uh, shoot that for me. I think it's just going to be a blast to, to be part of that and actually see you know, something you wrote go to the screen. I think that's every author's uh, secret desire, if he would admit it, is seeing your, your work actually portrayed, whether on the small screen or big screen. <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's interesting you said that. It's um, first of all, it's amazing. It's you know, like I said, I'm going to provide links in the show notes uh, later when this is finished posting to all your work, so people can see see what you've been doing on Amazon. And I love the fact that your topics are you know run a array, but it's uh, some very interesting um, things that I'm you know fascinated by. Um, it's interesting that you have. Um, you got a lot of books on or uh, subject matters on um, like Buddhism. It's sort of like sort of this, you know, I don't know how to categorize it, but it's uh, that was fascinating to me. But what's cool, like you said, is that as a creative person, you're allowed to create, you know, and having the chance to be an author to to just write to create something, and then have a marketplace like Amazon that allows you to self-publish and to reach audiences out there, and like you said, and then take the next step and make your own documentary um, from a work that you've created, and then because the one step after another, just the sheer fact of just creating anything allows you to open doors that, you, like you said, would, may have never been there if you didn't do anything, or, for, or you were trying to pigeonhole yourself into an old um, system that is either dying or changing, you know, it's a matter of point of view, I guess. But um, I was, I, I had one of my best uh, blog posts that I enjoyed, uh, I wrote called uh, Hollywood is not in the film business and they are in the business of exploiting licenses. So the reason why the films need, why distributors need to control your film if they buy it from you, they're buying the license, the, the rights to own your license for your product that you created for like sometimes 15, 25 years. Because they need to have that opportunity to exploit that license uh, ad infinitum. Uh, well, I can't speak English, but the <laughs> the point is that the the opportunity to to create books from it, to create merchandise from it, all that type of stuff. And as independents, someone like yourself, which is amazing, you've created um, a lot of material, a lot of content that you, if you are in control of your license, can exploit it on your own making a documentary, selling the portions off to a television production company to make a television show. Uh, that is really the, the new model going forward for filmmakers and that kind of education needs to be taught in the film schools nowadays and the concept here with uh, Film Marketing Fridays and Film Trooper is to sort of bridge that gap to show what other people have been doing and then uh, the marketing process, the business pro process. So with that said, let's um, let's get into like, you know, I want to create something, right? So like say I'm going to write a book. Like right now I'm, I'm physically writing the survival guide and I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig to test out this concept of, you know, selling it on Amazon and using hopefully the, some 
good tips and techniques to get a really good impact when I'm selling something on Amazon. And then we're going to try to figure out how that could apply to a film product. So though a lot of filmmakers who are making something um, sometimes will just want to get it out, like I did. You know, I threw it up on Vimeo On Demand, but I may have missed out a, a lot of opportunities um, in terms of the windowing, the uh, knowing the strategically when to place a film at certain marketplaces and go from there. So let's, with, with that said, say, like, yeah, I'm a newbie. I'm thinking about writing a book. What, what would I need to know um, working with Amazon uh, and, like, sort of the steps, like, that you would recommend and take? Well, first off, um, um, you know, nobody's born knowing this stuff. And, and <laughs> my first book was just, was, was just miserable. And um, based on my experiences in my first book, I should have just ran like hell away from it. But what frustrated me was there's so many people out there willing to take your money to do this stuff because you don't know how. And the costs are so crazy that I was determined to figure this out on my own. My second book was still a nightmare, but not as bad as the, the first one. The third one was frustrating as I'm learning how to use these tools. By the time I got to the fifth book, it's just a process. It's just work. It's just a, a matter of applying the mechanics. So for me, I think if I was going to talk to somebody new, I think there's a lot of quality reference books out there that can walk you through the step-by-step -step process on how to create an outline, how to write your book, as far as getting it edited and such. I use a software program called Ultimate Ebook Creator, and I pay you know, 50 bucks for it, and I use that to format all my ebooks. And it's just a simple question of cut and paste from Word doc into the software, and then literally within a matter of 20 to 40 minutes, I can go from a manuscript in Word doc to a published book uh, awaiting approval from Amazon. So first off, you know, not to spend a lot of time on it, there's a lot of quality books out there that can walk you through the mechanics to get your book to a published, ready state. Yeah, I just actually threw it up on screen uh, for everybody to see. It says the ultimate oh, yeah. book creator. So, it, I mean, I, there's, 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 there, I got an email yesterday saying, you know, for $249, we will format your book into an e-book. You know, you can buy the software for 50, 60 bucks, sit there and play with it until you can master it and then every time you publish a book that's another $200, $250 that you're saving and I know the creator of the software and if I ever had an issue he responded immediately and helped me walk through it so I, I can say from my experiences for creating content for Amazon or Smashwords or uh, Barnes & Noble's platform this is by far the easiest idiot-proof software there is. So that has been a very viable tool for me. And considering I have 24, 25 books, you can see that we're already talking $5,000 worth of savings in using this software. So it's really important, unless you just got the money, to learn the mechanics on how to produce your own books uh, as far as e-books. But the thing about publishing is it's like fishing. You don't want to go throw one line in the water for trout if there's catfish and everything else. So for me, in the entertainment business, it's the same way. And what makes this so incredible is CreateSpace is the vehicle I use for my print books. They are owned by Amazon. And again, they will provide you the tools to where you can format your own interior book and your book cover for free. And again, it might spend you might spend a week 
working through it to learn to master it. But once you master it, again, you're 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 having complete control. And what's beautiful about all this software that I'm using, if I get an email from somebody and go, hey, on page 57, third paragraph, you got this word spelt wrong, I can go in and immediately change it, upload these files, and within 15 minutes, the problem's corrected. It's just a matter of it going through the system before it gets back to the public. But um, with Amazon, you have uh, the platform for eBooks. With CreateSpace, you have the platform for print books and this is really critical for filmmakers not only do they handle the distribution for for books they also do it for music and film and what's great as a filmmaker on the film aspects of create space is they will handle the distribution through Amazon and as an added bonus once this is published on Amazon I would say nine out of ten times your film will automatically qualify to be placed in INDB because it's already being distributed and they handle that for you. And anybody that's gone through IMDB and trying to get a project started can tell you it's it's a nightmare. And that's how <laughs> you and I met. I had yeah. a roadblock trying to get my film out of pre-production because IMDB, they're very stringent on making sure that they're not dealing with somebody that's making homemade movies out of the garage. They want to deal with professionals. And that in itself is a huge plus and taking a lot of stress off your plate. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know if you're familiar with the news, but Amazon is making a run after Netflix. And they're doing it with their Prime Video to where you pay $99 a year and you can stream incredible amounts of film and music and books for free and uh, that's something that that I'm a member of that I utilize and it's just a great tool to have and in addition to create space you also have for books a platform called acx.com and that is Amazon's audiobook platform so for me I publish a book on ebook as an ebook then I go to create space publish it as a print book and then I go to acx.com and put the manuscript up for auditions what was that again? what I do is I sorry about that. I want to make sure acx yeah acx.com and it's it's a, another wholly owned uh, subsidiary of Amazon it's so funny I, I typed in ax X. Uh, yeah, it's just, I'm an idiot. <laughs> well, I want to show this to everybody. Sorry, sorry. Here you go. Now, now yeah. this is what's incredible about ACX is I do a royalty split on the audio rights. I own the rights to my ebooks and my print books, but when I do an audio book, I give them 50% of the royalties for them to do the produce and manufacture and create a finished product. The first time I wanted to make an audiobook, the bids were coming in between four to six thousand dollars. And financially it's something I couldn't justify. I have probably eleven books on audio and I haven't paid a dime to have any of them produced. But since it's an ACX uh, since it's ACX and they are owned by Amazon, they handle the distribution not only through Amazon but through iTunes and through audio.com. Uh, and I get 25% uh, of the gross retail sales. So if I have an audiobook for $10 and somebody buys it, $5 goes to the house, $250 goes to me, and $250 goes to the uh, producer that, that made it. 
this is literally free money for something that you did absolutely nothing to do. You, you've already created the content. It's already there. Somebody else did all the work, and you're, and you're, rape, you're reaping the benefits from it because you get this money put in your account every month like clockwork. And every time I wake up and look at my deposits, I can't keep from laughing because it's literally money for free. Now, it's interesting. Product. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, because what you said there is it's huge in the world of online business, online marketing, is they're always talking about added value. And for filmmakers, we always, the concept always been you make your film and then your added value is like the stuff you put on your DVD, you know, bonus. But the, uh, the difference is if you put your, your, your business mindset on, your cap on, uh, you're looking for every single way that you can exploit that one license, that one product you created, like you said, your book, and you says, I've written, we can use a service to exploit it to create an audio book, and that is this added value, so then when somebody's on the Amazon market, you know, place, they can see their options. And if you can, um, then you said, like, if you can turn that book into a documentary, or a web series, a film, or whatnot, um, if, or you utilizing other producers to help exploit that license, you're essentially running your own mini, you know, independent studio, and you're still being creative. Nothing's taken away from the whole creative process, which is amazing. So this is, this is fantastic. I had no idea that this uh, audio platform existed. I was thinking I'm going to have to record my own voice from my own book. <laughs> no, but, you know, there's something else that's, because I'm also a top reviewer on Amazon. Oh, wait. Here it's 178 out of 23 million. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, that, uh, Sorry, Dad. A dollar. What? I'm sorry. No, we um, it got a little break up there, so I, w I don't want people to miss this the 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 importance of you being a top reviewer. So can you re um, restate uh, restate what you just said again? Because it got broken up on the uh, hangout here. On on Amazon, I'm also a top 500 reviewer, and my ranking on Amazon is number 178. That might not seem like much, but when you consider there's over 23 million people that have left reviews on Amazon, I become a very desirable property for anybody, whether they're in film, whether they're in print, or have a physical product, because they want to have a quality review from a reviewer of some substance and ranking. And because of that, I've made several fantastic relationships with authors and filmmakers and one of the things I'm seeing talking about taking your one product and creating additional revenue streams is I'm starting to see a paradigm with independent filmmakers getting the film made going to create space having it made as a DVD as a physical product that you can actually buy yourself at a discount so you can take it to your lectures or meetings and sell they can sell this physical DVD through Amazon and then they can do an Amazon uh, does a uh, video on demand or instant video where somebody can instantly download and watch that. Now how do you take this film and create another revenue stream? What I'm seeing is filmmakers are taking it and actually taking the script and publishing the script as a screenplay and I have started to get requests to review these screenplays. When you have a screenplay, uh, uh, a screenplay owned in print and as an e-book, then the next logical step is to take it to an audio book. So even a filmmaker himself or herself can take that film and take advantage of the same opportunities that authors have 
with all these different sources of revenue, whether it be in print, digital, or audio. And it's just fantastic because we didn't have that five, ten years ago. And this is something that Hollywood doesn't hit on because, like you said, it is not their primary uh, uh, purpose or their goal. Like you said, their goal is to sell the products associated with the films. But there is a definite paradigm shift with independent films. And living in Dallas, I can tell you there is not one weekend out of the year where somebody somewhere isn't having some sort of mini independent film festival or somebody <laughs> showcasing the it is just great to see because that's just creating uh, desire and motivation to get off your butt and do it yourself. You know, there's there's definitely a way to get your work out there, but you got to know how the system works, and more importantly, you need to know how to take advantage of it. That's amazing. So the um, what's interesting to clarify, I have a, another film trooper who's launching his film, and um, some other questions came up from the last film marketing Friday. Which was using CreateSpace, you can easily get you know a DVD up, but it's going to be in standard definition. Um, I believe that Amazon Instant Video will take that same file and create a standard definition. But if you want to get into high definition, just to clarify everybody, right now they're still only working through aggregators, so an aggregation company. Um, so if you want to get into the Amazon Instant uh, Prime videos with your with an HD file. You still have to go through a, uh, an aggregator, meaning that they're not a distribution company. And um, Jason Brubaker of FilmmakingStuff.com, who I go to, who you know, he was working uh, two years ago, I think, at Distributor, which was a um, uh, owned by Indiegogo, and they are an aggregator. But it's really cool because it's simply like, look, you like like you were mentioning, uh, Dennis, like you use all these other services like ACX, uh, CreateSpace and so on. There's these services that just basically provide a flat fee, like we'll take your file and do something with it. Well, an aggregator, finding the right aggregator, there's uh, approved, it's interesting, um, like somebody like Distributor, they are approved by iTunes and Hulu and uh, Netflix and Amazon to be able to take filmmakers files uh, to, and all they're doing really is making sure that your uh, file that you're submitting to that particular platform meets all the technical specifications do you have the closed captioning is your 5.1 or stereo mix or whatever it is you know make sure that's not complete crap and that the you know the the overall look of the um, the bit rate and so on is matching the quality control of what they expect to be part of their marketplace and so that usually sometimes takes like they give you sort of a, a, a time frame of like 90 days because you know the aggregator working with that marketplace just makes needs to make sure that that the technical specs of your film um, you know go through the proper Q, QA quality assurance and if it's something wrong with it especially something like you know iTunes if you're trying to get on their platform they might kick it back to you and say, look, you need to supply us with a closed caption or whatever it might be. So um, working with your aggregator um, closely to make sure that you have your file formats set up for each marketplace um, is going to exp expedite your um, launch onto that platform. But it's, it's fantastic what you've talked about because you can at least get your film onto uh, CreateSpace DVD and you can get your film onto Amazon Instant Video using the same standard def uh, file and if you make any extra amount of money you can uh, 
um, use it, pay an aggregation company. And, you know, distributor, I think it's like $1,500, maybe $2,000 for their service. It's a little, little high, but we're talking about film here. That will, they can cover the basis of getting your stuff, and it's like a flat fee. I don't think they even take, um, I could be wrong, but I double check, but I think uh, there are some aggregators that will take a percentage, you know, of the profits, but I believe distributor is just literally a flat fee because they're just doing a one-time service for you to, to some extent. Uh, I could be wrong, but we can we can take a look later. Um, so, but the market, this marketing strategy, like you were, we're going to get more into, um, I thought it was great when you responded back and says, you know what, a filmmaker could just get it on CreateSpace, use a DVD, and th it's going to be on the marketplace and still utilize these different marketing strategies to build awareness and interest into the film so that um, by the time it actually is released on HD format, you've already garnered all this, um, you know. Absolutely. Interest. So let's go into that a little bit more uh, about your con your thoughts and your concepts, your strategies about uh, you know launching a book, you know what you recommend to other independent authors, um, you know musicians and now filmmakers um, as we as you're trying to put it on the, the Amazon marketplace. What do you recommend in terms of like the best way to um, you know make a great um, marketing impact? I guess. Well, it's a, it's a great question, and I'll tell you there are ways to doing it. The thing that you want to remember about Amazon is they're a business to make money, and they're going to promote what they feel is going to give them the best opportunity to make that money. So they're going to promote the winners. They're going to promote the movers and shakers. So you can have the greatest content in the world, whether it be music, film, or, or print, but if nobody's aware of it, it's just going to sit there. And honestly, in this world, if you don't have anybody beating your drum for you, then you need to beat it yourself. And what I do is, depending on what genre I'm working in, is I will develop a fan base or a fan uh, or a base with other authors. And I work with other authors because of the reviews I do. And I'll tell them, I said, look, you know, when you release that book, uh, gift me a copy. It will count as a sell towards your book and I'll write a review on it and I'll post it on my uh, Facebook page for you. So if an author can do that with a hundred people on launch day, Amazon doesn't really discriminate against whether it's a gift book or it was a purchase. What they see is we have a sale and depending on what genre you're in, sometimes a hundred sales will take you straight to number one in that genre. And some of the niches and uh, categories that I write in sometimes just number one in that category and the thing about the uh, launching a book towards the top immediately is not only will you get the marketing arm of Amazon behind that book they will also heavily promote it as a hot new release and then they will send out emails to customers who have bought similar type products so what you have done by gifting a hundred two hundred books films is create a desire on Amazon's part to market it for you that would cost you literally thousands of dollars. Um, when you are on Amazon, they have the Kindle Direct Publishing, which is a program that's renewable every 90 days. And with that, your book can be made available through Kindle Unlimited, where if you're a member of Kindle Unlimited, you can download and read the book or film for free. And you can also offer it on 
as a free promotion. In other words, you can say up to five days during a 90-day period, you can promote your product for free. I've tried that, and I'm telling you strategy-wise, I would rather give away out of my own pocket 200 copies of an ebook rather than give away 10,000 copies because you get the, the immediate results of those sales, which then kicks in the advertising uh, marketing of Amazon. So um, for me, uh, that's the way I go. Now the question is how do you develop 100 people to, to give these books to? That's where you go into your pre-launch thinking in marketing, whether it be through Facebook, Twitter, you can run contests, but you want to engage your audience. You want to engage the public to get them interested in that book. And there's a lot of ways to do that, a lot of ways. Um, anybody that's involved in crowdfunding, you know, the content is already there. It doesn't cost you anything to send it out. And you could have a crowdfunding project where no matter what you pledge to this project, upon notification of your pledge, I will send you a link to where you can download this product for free. And what they're getting is they're getting that added value. They're getting your, your even if it's a film, even though it's digital, it's still going to lead to a sale of the physical DVD. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of techniques and strategies out there and whatever works for books will work in film and music. It's universal. The mechanics are the same. The results are the same. So I think what we need to focus on is how we build that, that base. And it kind of depends on the particular individual. You know, if, if, if you're a newbie and you're coming out of the gate with absolutely nothing behind you, then that's when you need to get creative with friends and family. Start beating down some doors, start sending out some emails, developing an email list. One of the things you can do is start uh, putting some teasers on your Facebook page. Hey, here's a chapter from this book I've got coming out. Oh, November the 25th. Just whatever you can do to garner attention for it. But you want to capture those emails. You want to get that contact information so on the day of the launch, you can start gifting out these products to these people. I did one where I gifted 250 books over a five-day period. And because wow. of the category I was in, it went to number one and stayed there for six weeks because of the excitement and the buzz as a hot new release, Amazon took over. And I had made back everything I spent on my own marketing the first week. And you can see this in real time, almost near real time, the sales. You can check your sales every 30 minutes to an hour and you can see them just piling up. And this is great because you have total control, the whole process. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the things we want to hit on, though, is... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, one of the things we want to hit on is you got to get some buzz around your product, and the way you get that buzz is through reviews. Yeah, that, we, can talk, we can talk on that if you like. Yeah, it's interesting because, um, just to clarify again, like the whole concept, like you said, the whole concept of like direct publishing, you know, I, I threw up the on the screen share a little, you know, indicator like hey get to market fast uh, make more money keep control and this whole pr idea that um, this program that um, I'm gonna throw that up there again real quick so people can see it let's see I'm gonna present this to everybody okay yeah you can see this they have this little cute little video here but you're right because they're offering it saying like we wanna 
we want to reward those who are going to decide to use um, Amazon as their launching place for the marketplace. You know, um, obviously in the news, like Amazon um, was had some interesting clashes with some other publishers or people that if you're an author and you decide to go to the Amazon, uh, I think that Tim Ferriss famously was his last um, uh, thing's Four Hour Chef or something. He published that book via, I think, Amazon, but was blackballed on like um, Barnes and Noble and everything for a while. <laughs> it's like, you know, so the, the, so we're seeing, we're beginning to see the signs, like you know, depending on who you decide to uh, align with for your initial window launch. Eventually, you can be able to sell on other platforms, but you definitely have to have a better strategy plan before you just launch your uh, product out to the world. Like I said, you know, with my uh, film. Just to get it out there, um, you know, I just threw it up on Vimeo on demand because it was it was a new service, and I wanted to see what would happen if you if I at least offered a place, a portal for people to go to that they can rent and buy. You know, because I didn't have that set up. I didn't have like an SSLL, I mean, certificate, SSL certificate, or anything like that. Like you know, in like Gumroad.com, if you guys check that out, is an easy way to sell digital products. However, it's not necessarily a marketplace. It just means that you um, on your site and then VHX TV just popped up but they're still not necessarily marketplaces which is great about Amazon uh, the power of Amazon being a marketplace is that when people are on the site they know they're there to buy something or they're browsing you know or they're adding to their wish list like yeah I eventually want to buy this you know but they have their credit card on file and they it's like this huge marketplace where they can you know get almost anything so if they're in the mood to you know buy a film, if they're there to buy your film or somebody else's film that's in a similar genre, and they see, you know how it is. I can throw it up here shortly. Just like customers also bought, um, it's a much more powerful mindset to be in uh, to make sure that your product is is seen and, and in a in a very good um, top shelf display because you know real estate is everything. Location, location. Obviously, even a real store. And having you know your book prominent in some place, or your can of soup, you know, in a higher level where adults are going to buy it, or you know, wherever your shelf space is, is is vital. Nothing's changed. And the same thing can be applied to films, in terms of you know shelf space, and that's the difference of like all these other platforms. You know, like I don't necessarily think like uh, the general public is going to Vimeo on demand right now to look at it as a marketplace for film. It's really just another place for other filmmakers to go check out other people's films. <laughs> and so it's like, or, you know, right now the marketplaces are iTunes because people have their credit card on file or they're used to, have, you know, they're used to just doing one-click buy to, like, get a song or whatever. Right. I have a I have Apple TV, and I am every Friday or every weekend we're looking at, like, what movie we want to buy, and one click, boom, we're renting something. Um, we have yet to adopt the Amazon Fire um, um, media player, which looks amazing because I believe me, I can see a lot of great benefits of just putting the remote to my mouth and just saying, you know, the uh, Marvel Avengers, as opposed to me sitting there trying to type in Marvel Avengers one at a time, whatever it might be. Um, so definitely the Ray Amazon's in it to 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 play and win, and like you said, they're there to compete with Netflix. Um, on the subscription basis, they have Amazon Prime, which gives you discounts on your shipping. 
uh, and all this free access to like certain TV shows and movies that are in their library if you decide to be part of the world of Amazon um, you know instant I, I think I read uh, read somewhere Sherry Candler in her um, community group on Google Plus was mentioning like filmmakers get paid X amount of cents or something if their film uh, if the, if they get like the first six minutes watched so you can go to like anybody's film online that is like maybe independent filmmaker has like um, their film available for free if you're an Amazon Prime member in order for them to get paid you just have to make sure that you're watching the first six minutes so so that's one thing to think about if you want to be part of that that marketplace um, maybe make sure that your first six minutes of your film is really engaging so, you know, just to make sure that you can make sure you get paid because it's, you know, because people are wondering, like, well, how do you get paid on Netflix? They actually just give you a flat fee, like a flat license fee, and I think it's like 1200 bucks. That's crazy if you have a film that you spend 100000 you know, to half a million dollars right. on. You know, it's crazy. But with Amazon, at least the, you know, pay-per-play type thing is knowing that maybe the metrics are for every six minutes or however long they watch it, if, if you're going to be part of that Amazon free space, how would you get paid? Um, you can make sure to design your film to make sure the first six minutes are vital. So anyway. Um, well, let, 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 yeah, let, me, uh, let me ex uh, expand on the Kindle direct publishing on how that works. First off, as a consumer, I'm a Prime member. Pay $99 a year and you get free shipping on any Prime product. So if I'm uh, doing some research and there's a particular book I need, I can go over to uh, Amazon and if it's on Prime, click and buy, it's in my mailbox in two to five days. If there's a particular film that I need to see for uh, whatever I'm working on, I can go to, if it's Amazon Prime, I can go to it, watch it for free. Now in addition to being a Prime member, I'm also a Kindle Unlimited member which is $9.95 a month and what that does as a member of Kindle Unlimited is you're allowed to read any book that is offered through Kindle Unlimited for absolutely free you're only allowed to keep up to nine, 10 books in your library anything over that you gotta return one to keep one but you can keep up to 10 books all the time so as a consumer it is a hell of a deal a hundred bucks a year and I can get whatever I want with free shipping as long as it's a prime product. If it's a film or music that's prime, I can listen to it for free, download it to my cloud for free. I'm telling you, the first month I was on Prime, I got my money back and then some. Uh, the Kindle Unlimited, as a consumer, I was doing some research. There was a book as an ebook and it was $9.95. I didn't want to spend 10 bucks. I didn't have to. I read the book for free. So as a consumer, I am saving tons of money participating in the Kindle Unlimited and in the Prime. Now, as an author, the way it works for us is, since my majority of my books are done through Kindle Direct Publishing, is if you are a Prime member and my book is through Kindle Direct Publishing, you can download and read that book for free. As long as the consumer reads a minimum of 10% of the book, I get paid the purchase price of that book. Now, here's the kicker. Amazon puts incentives for people like us to be part of the KDP. So I have a 99 cent ebook. When that ebook is sold through Amazon, I get 35 cents out of that 99 cents. When a Prime member borrows that book to read for free, 
I get over two dollars. That's wild. And I have books. I have books right now. I wish I could show you on the screen, but I have books where I am making more money. I'm gonna throw you having to borrow them than I make by them buying them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Say that again. I want to make sure people. So when people. Okay. When you are a member of, as a publisher, when you're a member of the direct uh, Kindle Direct Publishing, the share program pays out an average of about two dollars and four cents per download. It doesn't matter if it's a ninety-nine cent book or if it's a nine dollar and ninety-five cent ebook. The share is still about two dollars and four cents a piece. It's equally shared across the board. So for me, what I've learned is I have a book. Because of the category it's in, because of its competition, it really needs to be priced at 99 cents. If I price it at 2.99, it's not going to sell. But because of the competitiveness of the market, I price it at 99 cents. Well, what I find that's amazing is about a third to half of the total sales are not actual sales. They're prime members borrowing the unit for free. Thus, instead of getting paid 35 cents, on a 99 cent sale, I'm getting paid two dollars plus for somebody borrowing a 99 cent product. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's that's amazing. It totally makes sense because it it sounds like a much better deal, like you said, than Netflix is offering. If you know they're just offering a flat license fee, that's it for the year right. or whatever it is, as opposed to uh, I'm not too sure. I think IndieFlix does a good job um, um, in terms of giving revenue back to the filmmaker, you know, but the question is like, is IndieFlix has been, IndieFlix has been around and doing a well, a good job trying to represent the independent filmmaking space, sort of like the Netflix for the independent film in that respect. Well, um, see, it's, oh yeah, I would say it's, not, it's, it's still different because it's not as a big marketplace as Amazon is. See, there's another aspect of Amazon that filmmakers, authors, and musicians need to be aware of. When I publish a book on Amazon.com, it's not just on Amazon.com. It's on Amazon.uk. It's on Amazon.fr.eu.it.au.jp. You have your product once it's on Amazon.com is released to the entire world through the Amazon for uh, platforms. And the other thing I love about Amazon, and this is really critical for people like me that really need the money, is you get your royalties paid to you every 30 days. And I'm going to tell you, when you get the email saying they're depositing X dollars on your account on the 28th, when you wake up on the 28th, it is there. And it is a great feeling to see a half a dozen or so deposits come in from Amazon, from all the different platforms around the world. Uh, when I first got into this, I was offered a publishing contract. And when I got through the 16 pages, I said, you've got to be crazy to sign a contract. I'm going to get 11% of this gross and then I gotta wait nine months to see my check. Would I rather have eleven percent of the gross in nine months or would I rather have thirty-five percent or seventy percent in thirty days? So um, Amazon for people like me is a great opportunity. And what's even more remarkable because as a top reviewer, you'd be surprised how many big names are going and they're called hybrids now. They still publish through a traditional publisher, but their other stuff they're self-publishing, and this is why, because they can make more money doing it on their own than what a Hopper Collins will pay them, or a Simon Schuster, or a St. Martin's Press. 
And uh, to put that in point, to illustrate it, I was offered a publishing contract two weeks ago, and I asked the guy, point blank, what can you do for me that I'm not already doing for myself? And how are you going to give me more money? What was the how answer? I, how, he couldn't answer it. <laughs> you know, all they're wanting to do is take a cut of the pie for them, because unless you're a Stephen King or a Stephanie Myers, you, if you do sign with a major publisher, it's still up to you to market your product. You know, they don't hire a stand-in to go do these book signings and book tours and lectures. It's still you that's doing it. The difference is when you're doing those book signing tours, those lectures and radio interviews, you're basically working for the, for the publisher. You're not working for yourself. You're basically an employee because they're taking the lion's share of the royalties. So um, uh, I, I don't want to mention who the uh, publishing house is, but I had another publishing house contact me about my current project I'm working on. And I was very uh, uh, frank. I said, you know, I, I need to see some zeros behind the numbers for me to even take the call next time because I frankly don't need you. <laughs> yeah. I don't need the ego stroke to go see my book in a Barnes & Noble. I'd rather keep that money in my pocket because if you figure the math, you know, 70% versus 11%, that's a 7 to 1 ratio. So you tell me you can sell 10,000 books. Maybe you can, maybe you're not. But I know damn good and well I can sell 1,500, 2,000 on my own. And then right there, the math's already in my favor, plus the fact that I get my money in 30 days and I don't have to wait nine months to see it. So there is a paradigm shift happening in the entertainment industry in film, music, and books because we no longer need the establishment. We no longer need them to give us the outlet to get our product to market anymore. I think it's fascinating because you brought it up. You'll hear this like I love seeing what's happened in the publishing, the book publishing industry, because the publishers are essentially the film distribution companies. So the same sort of deals would come in place for filmmakers, which is like, look, we need to have 100% control of the rights to your film, or at least domestic or foreign or whatever it might be, but we need to control that license for 5, 7, 25 years or something like that. But why we take the bulk of it, you know, you may see a check, you know, like you said, 6 months, 9 months down the line, uh, but it may only be the minimal guar minimum guarantee. So the whole point is nobody ever sees royalty checks in the in the film film world, you know that's why they had all these legal cases. And one of the most famous ones was um, my big fat Greek wedding. It shows the box office, you know, uh, reports that they earn like well over three hundred plus million dollars for a little film that cost maybe five million dollars to make, and they were in litigation forever. But thank God it was the producers behind it were you know uh, Tom Hanks and his wife Rita Wilson, because they were able to sustain the long legal battle and I think eventually put uh, Golden Circle out of business because Golden Circle was taking the revenues of this one success and then they were writing it off for all the failures that they had in their their film library because they, they saw it as like uh, all together as opposed to individual. Anyhow, it's fascinating like you said. It's like when the artists can have empowerment to just have means to uh, sell and distribute their work to their audience directly, um, you know, and they're still doing the marketing themselves. You know, what is the role of a distribution company when distribution is almost free? And as Jason um, Brubaker says, it's, it's just a commodity. It's not. It's there's nothing special about it anymore. 
Um, what's special, like you said, is the audience, is your relationship, the, what you built up, your marketing. A lot of times, film distribution companies will actually ask, like, okay, we're going to take, we're going to, you're going to sign the contract, but we also need to have your email list. So, like, whatever you've done, we need that, you know, because we need you to keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> like you're saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. Like, what, what do you bring to the table? Um, now, the interesting thing is, like you said, writing books is. Boom, you're on your laptop, you're cranking out, you showed these services that allow you to turn your Word doc into a Kindle book, you know, all these wonderful things to, to get the uh, easy use of up to the marketplace. Musicians, I have a friend that works at a, um, a, a well-known college that teaches, you know, music production and people go there, like these kids are paying all this money to like work in this huge sound studio and he's kind of looking at me like, you know, privately and saying, I don't know where we're sending all these kids. It's like maybe less than one percenter is actually going to work in a studio like this, like because everybody can just make all this music on their laptop, you know. So that's like the reality. He goes, but you know, we're in the world of college or for-profit college, they need to create this sense of fear or security. Like, come spend all this money with us, you get to have access to all this wonderful gear, and then when you get, you'll come out of it with a degree that we have no idea whether or not you're going to get any job out of it. <laughs> so it's like the funny thing is, is so books are easy, not say, like the entry barrier, the production barrier is uh, inexpensive to make something and sell it. Uh, music has gotten a lot less expensive. And film was sort of like the last one because, you know, um, you've seen the production um, budgets come down from every, anywhere from like 35 million. Like a long time ago, making a million dollar independent film was like seen as like the lowest you can go. You know, like anything under a million was like really, really dirt cheap. Um, but now a million dollars almost seems like way too much to make an independent film, to per se. Um, you know, case in point, this little knucklehead film, The Cube, was made for five hundred dollars. It's a feature-length film, so that's where it blew my mind. Was was like, wait a minute, if you can make a feature film for this this low, then we have definitely, finally, as filmmakers, entered the same playing field as independent authors, independent musicians, independent artists, visual artists. And so you're right, so we are all collectively together. Now how do we take advantage of, uh, and um, work to uh, help, you know, like a, a marketplace like Amazon that will in turn help us? And so that's where we're at right now because like film can be in the same playing field as something inexpensively created, you know, or produced. You know, it doesn't have to be this, these large, uh, huge budgets, and that's sort of what I'm interested in. Is like, like I believe that one day somebody's going to make something so inexpensive, a feature film, they're going to place it on one of these direct uh, distribution platforms, and they're going to sell, you know, their film for like 99 cents, but they're going to sell like a million copies, just like the iPhone app world when somebody made a fart app, you know. It's kinda, it's kind of happening now. Yeah. I mean, uh, granted, the film industry is probably lagging behind in, in the technology. Did you know the last Chicago album was literally done in a series of hotel rooms on a laptop? I believe uh, it. Um, the technology is getting to the point where people in the music industry don't need the labels anymore. And the technology oh. is where they don't need to block out a week in the studio or and such. So yeah, a film still lagging behind. But I think uh, when you bootstrap a film, an independent film, I think what bootstrapping does, that means we're going to do this and we'll figure out how we'll pay for it after it's done. 
um, I think it forces you to be more creative, more outside the box, and how can I get where I want to be without a budget? And to me, I think that's where some of your best work comes from because you're already forced mentally to think outside that box and get really creative. And I think that's where some of the greatest stuff comes from. I think when you have a fat budget, you get lazy, creatively speaking, and, 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 and the product shows. I, I have seen some fabulous product in films that were made, like you said, for hundreds of dollars, if not a few thousand. Because they didn't have the money for CG, they didn't have all this money for post-production, they poured it into the talent within the screenplay and in the acting. And if you look at films back in the 30s and 40s, that's why they're so endearing. It's because it relied heavily on talent and quality screenplays. Dashiell Hammett, I mean, these guys, uh, Ray Chandler and those guys, even to by today's standards, they're just brilliantly written because they didn't have a choice. They didn't have uh, the benefit of blowing up, you know, half of L.A. So, uh, and I think that's what this paradigm shift is doing with independent films is they're getting away from depending on a big budget and going back to something called talent in making something that's watchable, that's desirable. I think that, and I think that's a great thing, a very great thing. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Here's like the, I had this discussion with some other filmmakers about, um, there's a tendency for a lot of filmmakers to get caught up in what we call like gear porn, you know, like the latest camera, the latest little gadget, you know. Um, I met a lot of filmmakers that have like these amazing gears, uh, like equipment that they bought, you know. Um, but without that story, without anything that's interesting, uh, it doesn't matter. It could look nice, but it, that's not really you know that's not going to what what's going to sell and i think it's fascinating cuz you know what's the most some of the most popular videos on youtube are you know cat videos you know done with like iPhones and they're just you know really crappily done but i've watched my family sit there for it almost felt like a half hour almost an hour watching animal videos it didn't matter because we were so in enthralled on what was actually on screen the subject the the technical quality was crap, but it didn't matter because the content was fascinating or whatever it is. We were entertained by all these, you know, adorable animals. But you put that into a story uh, context, you know, we as a society can be more accepting of a technology perfect. Right now, we're, we're having a conversation and, you know, we're in a webcam world, you know, it's like right now I got too much of a hot light coming on my side of my face, you know, like uh, if, if you're like a film person, you might be freaking out, like just put a flag or something over it or whatever to, you, you can make it look nicer or get a better webcam or whatever it might be. However, that might not matter at all because we've come to accept what this stuff looks like and we're much more interested in the content, like, you Absolutely. know, we accept it. And so it's okay to make Maybe your stuff doesn't look as the Hollywood Studios, but if you can again use your creative um, limitations and create something so compelling that's you know in the frame, don't worry necessarily about all the you know whether or not the lighting is correct or that kind of stuff. Sound is important because we definitely, if it sounds good, we can close our eyes and still get the conversation. You know, our conversation here, most people may never even see us visually. They might only hear us uh, through a podcast episode that I put together that they're you know in their car you know driving and that's all they hear. So that's important. So those types of things are always fascinating to me. It's like you know if cat videos can you know have more film. 
and their stuff looks like crap, like in terms of technically, that's fine because that tells me that people are much more interested in the content than they are the technical part of it. So that gives liberation, um, liberation, I don't know, that li liberates the, uh, <laughs> the filmmaker to, to be okay to make something so inexpensive because as long as they focus on uh, the story or the genre or who the, what audience they're serving, as you have proven, like you said, you have a lot of books. I want to show people kind of what you your site real quick so we don't miss out on that. Here it is, your stuff on um, Amazon, you know. Like as I scroll down here, you've got a lot of books and they're very specific. Like you said, you jump from the world of translating uh, Lao Tzu, which is amazing, it, you know, and you got all these reviews and it's it, how easily it is to, to buy this if somebody's on your um, looking for this type of thing. But then you jump into like Texas Jack's famous apple cider recipes. Very specific, very niche. But man, when people are looking for something, they know exactly what they're looking for. And it's, it's amazing, all this stuff here. And then you've got, um, you know, definitely, like you said, a renaissance man of a lot of books. Like, I don't know if people can see this, but this is a lot of, a lot of writing that Dennis has put together and a lot of content that he, you can draw from, that he can make documentaries and make feature films or, or web series, or whatever it might be. He can create more content. And I'm only in page one. There's three pages of this stuff that you got out there. <laughs> you know, that's amazing. And which is really, I'm really jazzed about it is because you, um, like you said, it's, oh, did I not present that to everybody? Sorry about that. The, so I'm going to do this again. Hey, everybody, I don't know if I present this to everybody, but here we go. <laughs> One more time. Here it is. Here's his stuff because I think that I said I presented only to you and I. I don't think I got broadcast to the rest of the public. But this is your site, um, the, your work through Amazon. Like I said, there's well over you know, three pages of work and content you've created. And that tells me that as a creator, you're getting satisfaction, you know, artistic outlet to make this stuff happen. Now, what it, you know, when you want to turn that into a film, like you say, you can make documentary films or turn it into web series. Um, talk about series, you know, Amazon's in the game now. They're just, this fall, we're going to see the first uh, iterations of their original series. They're in the game just as Netflix is in the game. Right. So that tells us um, as consumers that if you can make something similar in genre to one of their original series, and then you utilize what you just described, which is like you got to do a proper product launch, meaning that you maybe utilize all these techniques that, that when you sell a book in terms of... Um, you know, using the, the KDP service of exclusive just to Kindle, I mean to Kindle or exclusive just to Amazon where you're able to give away so many uh, items out for free. You build a strong launch group, a product launch group that just floods Amazon with uh, uh, the ratings and review. Like you have to actually get something in place that you're offering some value to a group of people that are your early adopters, early fans to leave that ratings and review to, I don't want to say like game the system, but you're gaming, you're taking advantage for Amazon. You know, Amazon needs to show, like you said, they need to sell product. So if you have done the legwork of showing that what you made had a, a strong enough impact in the first, you know, outing, the first like week of launch by having a lot of reviews, and not only that, that old adage of um, you want to do 20% of the work to get 80% of the results. Um, I forget the law. I forget the what that law is called or whatnot. But um, 
you were mentioning pairing up with other successful authors or other successful reviewers in Amazon that have a larger audience or have the audience that you want to get in front of. So if you can work with them or offer them some value um, in exchange for exposure, like you're you as a creator has to be have to be willing to give away certain things, but in a strategic way. Like you know, some in the old ways, it's like throwing something on YouTube is sort of like I'm just giving it out to the world, but I have no idea if anybody's going to catch on to this and be viral. With at least Amazon in this process of giving things away, you're being much more strategic and you're being strategic in a marketplace where people actually buy something, not necessarily YouTube. I mean, people can actually buy and rent films on YouTube, but our, our mental condition is not there. When you're on YouTube, you're looking for free stuff. When you go to Amazon, you're not looking for free stuff unless you buy into the Prime or you buy into the Kindle Unlimited, and that's a different uh, capacity, but still the creators will get paid. So with that said, um, yeah, I just wanted to show that show that off. Like, we are here. Like you said, filmmakers are here. We can make films for so inexpensive, like that that thing right there. And now we just have to get better at knowing how to place it in a, in the correct marketplace and build it on our own, and build a body of work like you have. Um, volume is is one of the key things in terms of business. Um, so you're not hinging on just one product. Like you said, you can, you know, I could turn this into like a book or my next film or whatever it might be, a book, an e-book, um, uh, the audio version of the book. You know, what other extra values can I, can I give to that audience um, that would be willing to see it if they're looking for something on Amazon very specific, like a, um, like a Buddhist supernatural suspense movie, whatever it might be. It might be very, very specific. Um, but it's exciting and it's wonderful to see what you've done. Um, but as we kind of wrap up, I want to make sure I covered everything. I'm gonna. What other advice do you have, or what are your thoughts about what you're gonna do with your film project, knowing that you've already done a, been very successful in the and spent a lot of time in the Amazon marketplace to do what you're doing. But how would you take your next film project, or what what are your plans for your next film project and taking advantage of the Amazon marketplace? All right, I'm going to back up a little bit. Thank you. To answer the question, in the publishing world, and I don't care if you're talking to Brendan Bouchard or Ryan Dice, but the consensus is you need three products in a particular genre to be considered an authority or an expert. And what I have done is I have created that sense of authority by having several books that all did extremely well in the genre of Buddhism, Zen, Tao. What this does for you is it builds a level of credibility that you can use to go to the next step. And how that applies to filmmakers is if, is if I'm going to produce a feature-length film, I think before I would do that, I would make some short films, two or three short films, get them on Amazon first to get that foundation built, to get all the kinks worked out, to develop the relationships I need with other filmmakers, with other reviewers before I really would go in deep with a big project. So to answer your question, what I'm looking at doing is producing some smaller films, maybe even 10-15 minutes, maybe a little series, and get them out there to get my feet wet, get the foundation built, 
to where I already have a foundation, a following, a fan base that I can use as a launch pad for the big film. And the thing that's really important is everything is interconnected. Because the books are going into movies, the movies are going to bring back to the books. Everything's interconnected, and you never want to dismiss anything, whatever you're doing. The other thing, too, is you want to think six steps ahead. You know, I'm working on a current project. I'm already six steps ahead of where I want this project to be in three years, and I haven't even got it completed yet. It's the same thing with a film as a filmmaker. I think you need to think outside the box and think way ahead rather than just, I'm going to make this film, I'm going to put it on Amazon, then I'm going to work on it. No, I think you need to have a game plan on where it is that you want to be in three to five years and then work backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for me, I would love to have a uh, short film at a major film festival. Say that's my end game. And let's say I want that to happen within five years. It's just simple to, 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 to pick that end game, that end point, and work backwards. So the question is, what do I need to get there? Well, I got to get... I got to get into the game. I got to put some skin out there. I got to get my name known. I got to get my work known. I'm already known as a writer. Being a writer is already opening doors that I couldn't get open five years ago. So I just need to apply that same principle to film. So yeah, I don't think there's absolutely nothing wrong with going out there and doing a web series. Uh, Winners is a good uh, point in case. You know, some guys in LA were had a blast, produced this little web series called Winners, where it's just a bunch of losers sitting around a house bitching about life. <laughs> and it's become a hit. Um, I think the other, if I had to give any advice, is you got to do it because you love it. Uh, if you're doing it to make money, you're in the wrong business. Because <laughs> uh, if you don't like it, nobody else is. And I know when I have something that is good is when I get passionate about it or when I get excited or when I write something I have to stop writing because I'm laughing so hard at what I wrote because it's so silly I, I know that if I can get that jazzed over my own work then other people are as well so as far as my own personal uh, independent film uh, career is just get out there learn what I need to learn start at the bottom and uh, expect that not everything I'm going to do is going to work but it's okay because it's all going to lead me up to where I need to be when I do what it is that I wanted to do when I first started. So uh, the Kustaka uh, documentary, you know, will probably release a little short film on different aspects of that book until I get comfortable enough that I'm ready, the marketplace is ready for me to do a feature length documentary based on the book, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's amazing. You know, um, it was fascinating when you said that, like, you got to do what you, you love, you know, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I think what it is, is like, with the Hollywood system sort of imploding, you know, in a matter of perspective or, or point of view, is for filmmakers or creative people, we just, the idea is that you just want to create, but you want to know that there's some sort of system in place that you can apply your uh, creative work to that could lead you to uh, eventual just making a living, basically. Um, and with all the upending that's been going on, with the uncertainty of the studio system, and especially the subset, which is the independent film uh, system, um, where you know where the value of film may have uh, decreased because we have so much influx of supply and less demand, in matter perspective. 
But um, this whole conversation, the whole point of the these film marketing Fridays or whatever we're doing is trying to establish some new uh, uh, structures, uh, some new ways that people, creative people, can just create their stuff and be and comforted to, comforted to know that you know what there is a way there is other ways that that aren't being uh, discussed or taught on a large scale that you can plug your creative work into a system that will you know generate you revenue or potential revenue and potential uh, 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 a career in terms of sustainable living and like what you've done with your books as a creative person and now like I said now we're trying to see let's how do we apply the film uh, product in the same vein. Um, that's what's comforting to me, just knowing like, hey, you know, it's been, I've been studying all this stuff for the last, you know, seven years, knowing that something's going to give, and I'm not too sure what it was, but just of late, it's becoming clearer and clearer, you know, like the one breakthrough after another breakthrough, like you said, making something, just making something and then putting it out there and what works and what doesn't work, but seeing like, oh, okay, this is where we need to go. My overall feelings are, that um, it's interesting because people are consumers are more comfortable spending like twenty seven dollars on a book, you know that's no problem. Like like they won't balk at a price like that if they see in Amazon anything from seventeen dollars to like twenty seven dollars if they see a book, you know like that's sort of accepted. Like you said, some books are even you know other ebooks like ninety nine cents, like oh even better, you know. But it's interesting about film. Uh, people have come to be accustomed to be like, look, I'll just wait till it's on Netflix because I got that subscription, you know, or Amazon Prime, I'll watch it for free, or I'm I'm not gonna spend you know twelve dollars on a thing, I'll rent it for ninety nine cents. So like people have this view of like they value film as a ninety nine cents product almost, and so uh, which is interesting because if you turn that film turn it into like a novel or a book, you could turn around and sell it for like seven dollars or you know, seventeen dollars, <laughs> and it has and people will be like, no, okay, I'm cool with that. <laughs> it's like it's like the value gets higher. So the this thing, the overall concept is um, instead of trying to make a film that you're tr if you're pushing or you're peddling a ninety nine cents product, then you that means you have to get a large uh, transaction base. You know, like you have to have x amount of transactions to even make you know your money back or double your money. However. If you have a different mindset, which is just serving a fan base, the f most famous, like one of the most famous blog posts in the last few years, the um, "A Thousand True Fans" by I think Kevin Kelly of the former um, editor of Wired magazine, just simply said, artists that if they can uh, build a true, you know, a thousand true fans, and if those thousand true fans are willing to hand over a hundred dollars a year to that artist. That artist can make a living. That's a hundred thousand dollars, you know. And so the thing is, like, well, where can filmmakers get to a place where they're offering a hundred dollar product of value to an audience as small as a thousand people? And I think what you pointed out, which is like, you've got your film. You know, maybe there's the book. There's the audio version of the book. Uh, there's other stuff that goes with it, and that really comes back to what Hollywood's been doing for the longest time, which is exploiting licenses. Again, the independent can exploit their own license, but with the mindset of like, look, I don't need to get to have like a 
you know, 10,000 customers. I just need to get to my 1,000 customers and make sure that I'm treating them well and give them, giving them value that's worth $100 a year. And my film is only one part of that, but I can exploit that license in different ways to provide a $100 value product. And so that's sort of, I guess, my mission or my thought process is that to to break down those walls to, so that filmmakers are beginning to think that way. Like it's like, uh, you know, it's not just my film. My film is one part of it, but I've got to get that $100 product uh, value to my audience, and I just need to get my audience to 1,000 people. And that seems more doable than trying to make a, uh, a little film and, you know, make a million dollars out of it or something, uh, a million people to see it. Um, amongst all the noise that you got to compete with Hollywood and so on. Anyhow, that's sort of my thoughts, but we can wrap it up. I, I just had a, I actually had a, just a blast talking to you and learned so much, and I can't wait to share this with the rest of the uh, community. No, I've enjoyed it too. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um, yeah, what, you know, to close out, I have been uh, amazed at the people that are willing to help when I ask, just like with you. <laughs> Nobody, when I said, hey, you know, I got this problem with IMDb. How do I get around it? And I have found time and time again people like me, like you, are willing to help their fellow artists. Uh, I had a friend who did a film um, that uh, I helped produce. And on this new uh, film, he's got the screenplay. And I said, I just reviewed a book for the creative director for Spielberg. I'm sure he would give your screenplay a read and give you some thoughts on it. I mean, these connections, these associations with fellow authors and filmmakers is the difference between getting where you want quicker than doing it on your own. And, and if I had to summarize it, is don't be afraid to ask. I mean, the worst that can happen is no or, or nothing. But I have been completely amazed by the tremendous support by fellow authors and filmmakers um, that are out there that are like us. The only difference is they might be a little further down the road than we are at this present time, but the key is we're still all on the same road. Yeah, it's interesting you brought that up. I always felt like the reason why uh, for historically um, why other filmmakers have sort of this scarcity mindset is because they we've been conditioned to be like you make a film you get it into the, one of the prestigious film festivals you get discovered and you get to be part of this very small percentage of people that get to work in the studio system so there's this it's already set up for this mindset of scarcity because it's like this idea like that's the only way to make a successful living in making films but once you break down the doors and you see like the world of um, online business um, that they have a lot of people have this mindset of abundance because you are there just to serve a very specific niche audience um, and you're not necessarily competing with your other fellow filmmakers and stuff like that because you're not you don't have the same audience and that sort of opens the floodgates for the ability to help each other and I, I really do um, enjoy uh, following a lot of these successful online business people because they're not af they're not afraid to help each other and they don't see it as competition per se like um, say you and I um, uh, like I was going to write a book on you know Buddhism from my mom's perspective or whatever being from Thailand you know 
it's not necessarily that we're in competition because what you've done is show that if you've been successful in that space is that there's a there's an audience for it you know and that tells you like okay that's a good thing to go into and you can complement each other because it says if um, they call in the business world like a joint venture um, opportunity but you said like earlier that working with other successful authors you know you're utilizing their um, their audience that they built up but if you can provide them value with work that you've created a book that you've created and then bring your audience you know you can share in the uh, um, expansion of your your work and you can spare you know what do you call it um, earn from those profits so it's it is wonderful like you said it's just helping each other out because down the line as you know as we get older or whatnot that's kind of what life is uh, as is about and like you said you having studied and written a lot of books on uh, the Buddhism, Taoism, and Taoism, I remember when I was making this film, The Cube, the one key theme was essentially, uh, Buddha was essentially saying, you know, the greatest gift to give is sharing your knowledge. You know, the whole point is you have to, you get someplace and you attain it, you're like, the only thing you're supposed to do is share it. <laughs> and it's as simple as that. The difference is, is some people have been able to monetize from it. You know, not not to exploit it, not to be like a um, you know a sleazy salesman, but in you know people have this feeling like if you're offering some good value with what you're sharing, and that value matches the price point, then there's there's an agreement. It's sort of like yeah, no problem. Like you said, you knew your niche in the book that in your competitive space, um, in collaborating space, that the 99 cents price point was perfect for where you needed it to be, because uh, that matched the value. And I think and filmmakers need to understand that with their own films, if whatever genre they're putting together, like does the price point match the value of what that expected audience needs from it? But I do find it interesting. I I, I like the the paradigm shift of the the mind shift from um, scarcity to abundance, and just having that um, take over, which I'm really excited by. And I think that's uh, and the same held true for the publishing world because a lot of authors felt like, oh, I got to get into you know, one of a handful of publish, publishing companies to get a deal. Musicians, I got to get that record deal. You know, all this kind of stuff. Like for the longest time, we've been, you know, been conditioned by the scarcity mindset. But now we can just blow that out the water and be this abundance mindset and be okay to, you know, share our experiences and, and together grow from there. So, I I love what you said. So, but hey, we can wrap it up. I'm sure we can talk for a lot longer. <laughs> I've enjoyed it, Scott. Whatever I can do, man, just let me know. And vice versa. I can't wait to share your work uh, with the, the rest of the world and, uh, like, the world's listening. <laughs> I, it's funny, though. It's fun to have people from different countries, you know, uh, contact me. I'm like, oh, man, it's um, somebody from Germany's um, talking to me. <laughs> in, in closing, anybody out there who's interested in knowing more, they can contact me either through Facebook or email. Because, you know, Facebook has a very vibrant, independent film um, community. There's several communities out there, some, you know, 50,000-plus members. And it's shooting fish in a barrel because when you go to and get invited into that group of 50,000 people, you're talking to your own kind. And what you're going to soon discover is everybody's there to help everybody else. And you never know where any one of those contacts are going to go. And you never know. You never know where it's coming from. You could visit with somebody, and two weeks later, they're on a radio show. And they go, "Hey, by the way, I talked to this guy two weeks ago." 
So it's really important to, to, to give what it is you wish to take. But with that said, there's a vibrant community on Amazon in attaining reviews and getting support, whether you're in music, film, or print. If you know where to go, you'll be surprised at the value and, and the significance of opportunities that are just there waiting for you to discover and take advantage of. So yeah, whatever I can do to help push the rock down the field, man, let me know. Luke, sounds great. Sounds great. Well, I'll follow up with you later. Like I said, I'll put all your information that you've given us in the show notes, and I'll make sure I give um, you know that link to everybody out there. But man, thank you so much. It's been a great Friday, mm -hmm. and uh, love to see you know your work uh, down the line. And um, you know, I honestly didn't know about uh, Kindle Unlimited, but now I do. I'm like, oh, sweet. I love reading all my books on Kindle for sure. Okay, so guys, I'm going to put the little logo up um, and say goodbye to everybody um, who gets to watch this. Yeah, I get to present that to everybody. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to stop this broadcast, and then uh, Dennis, you and I can hang out for a little bit, and, okay. um, and we'll do a proper uh, send-off. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>